What a treat we have for you this week. It's Disney's Robin Hood. The story follows the adventures of Robin Hood, Little John and the inhabitants of Nottingham as they fight against the excessive taxation of Prince John. Produced by Walt Disney Productions, the film was released on the 8th of November 1973, to which it was initially received very positively by film critics who praised the voice cast animation and the humour, yet it received mixed reviews when it hit the cinema. This is probably my favourite Disney film, and I used to watch it time and time again. But what did the other guys think? Did Prague and Evan enjoy it? And what are their memories of the film growing up? Before we jump into the episode, please take a moment to check us out on social media. Subscribe to us on YouTube where we'll be having a lot more content in the coming weeks. But more importantly, if you want to support the podcast, we've put a couple of links in the description for Amazon Prime and Amazon Audible. You can listen to us on Audible or you can watch your favourite films on Amazon Prime. Both will have a free 30-day trial, so check that out. It doesn't cost you anything. You can cancel after the 30 days, but it does help us um, as a channel grow. Anyway, here's the episode. Right, so this week is Robin Hood, specifically Disney's version of Robin Hood. Um, 1973, I didn't realise it was... Well, I, that... Young, if that makes any sense. I thought it was earlier. Um, but for me, I'll, and I'll jump straight in, right? My memories of it, owned it on VHS, absolutely loved it. Would watch it time and time again. And I will hold my hands up now. It's probably my favourite ever Disney film. And I'll, in- and I'll include oh, everything modern in that as well. Oh, that's a, that's the that's ultimate. A ma- that is a massive statement. And I know, yeah. The, the, you know, there's a huge caveat in that, right? In the sense of, is it the best um, told story? No. Is it the best animation? No. But for me personally, what it means to me, I will watch it time and time again, and it's the only DVD from Disney that I own. Actually, I own Bed Nose and Broomsticks as well. But that's right. a different story for a different day. What you're saying then is your that you've got sentimental reasons for putting this number one as well as other factors. Yeah, it, it, it's from a, a pure nostalgia, sentiment, and enjoyment point of view. If I had a line of um, Disney DVDs in front of me, I'd happily put that one on over anything right. else. Okay. I absolutely love it. May as well just end this here. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like drop drop the mic. There you go. Try So, And the listeners won't know this, but, but I'll tell the story, right? So we had a conversation, the three of us, and, and we said, right, should we do a Disney film? I was a little bit apprehensive about that, um, simply because I think Disney films... There'll be a different one for every person, if that makes any sense. You know, and I think it would depend on the experiences you had growing up, what what you had access to. Mine was Robin Hood, and I'm reluctant to slate some of these films because people absolutely adore them, and I'm in that boat with Robin Hood. I I I love the songs, I love the characters, and I just just love how it makes me feel. So. There's, I'll, I'll just stop talking there, right? Because I'll wax lyrical about it all night. I, I do think, though, I don't think your use of the word slate is right for what we do. I get what you're saying, but uh, we take a more reasoned approach to 
a film when we don't like it, as is evidenced by a few of the podcasts we've done. I mean, we we never come on here wanting to dislike a film or even if we dislike it, wanting to have a go at the film or people involved in it, because I'll keep saying it, it's really bloody hard to make a film and to make a good film is even harder. And I, I yeah, yeah, and I will agree with that. You know, I, I I've been a bit flippant there with my words, but and it, it's probably you that's taught me that prog as well. You know, it is hard work to make a film and everything that goes around it, not just the um you know, th- this is an animation, and this was another reason I was a little bit reluctant to do a film that was animation because I wasn't entirely sure if I knew how to sort of review it. If if that's what we do, I don't know. Do we review films or do we just <laughs> talk about our memories with it? I, I don't really know. But I'll, what I'm trying to get to is I'm glad we did it. Yeah. So when you said, oh, let's start with something, maybe not one of the like top Disney films, let's do Robin Hood. I, I was a little bit hurt to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> but but on the other hand, I'm super glad we did it because I, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it all day. I, I only I only bracket Robin Hood as not one of the top film top Disney films insofar as it's not seen as one of the more successful ones or the revered ones as such. It's not a, it's not a Pinocchio. It's not a Dumbo. It's not a Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. I, I'm going to come in off the back of what you just said there. It's it's up there for me as well. Different reasons to you, but I do hold this film as one of my favourite Disney films. The one thing I want, while we're talking about that, it was, at the time, Disney's biggest box office to date. So in 1973, and not, you know, including inflation or anything like that, but in 1973, when it came out, it had a budget of £5 million, it returned £32 million in the box office. So it was the most successful film at that time, the amount of money that it brought in. Yeah, okay. And it, it was, I think, maybe seen as one of the last Walt Disney classics. Let's put it that way, because this was the first film, I think, released after Walt Disney had passed away. All right, okay. So I believe he had possibly some input very early on, but then he passed away, and like I said, it was the first film after his death. Well, I, I am aware that he wanted to do a Robin Hood story from, I think it was a, a, it may have even been before Snow White or just after. Like they they wanted to do it from the first moment that they were doing films, apparently. So, Well, originally the film was going to be about um, a fox or maybe a rabbit. Fox, I think, yeah. Fox, and um, I, I think like a German story they were trying to, to, to go down the route of. But anyway, you know, they, they chose Robin Hood in the end because he was seen as a more or less villainous character, let's put it that way, because ultimately, you know, he's robbing from the rich to feed the poor. Mm. Anyway, what, what about your, your memories, guys? Ev? I, I never had this when I was... When I was a kid on video, I think I was—I think I must have watched it on the TV. Like you, like you, it's it's it, it's one of it's one of my favorite favorite Disney films. Just just for the, for more sentimental reasons, as you, it's you know you, you reminds you of watching it watching it when it, when you were a kid. But I, but it's interesting that that we're just seeing seeing off air. I I watched it with my kids the the other day, and I think even though 
they were a bit too cool for school and going, oh, I don't like it. I think they, I think they secretly they secretly did, and he and even my youngest was you know singing along and say and you know to the theme music and stuff like that, which is yeah, it was really nice. And Prague, you know, you mentioned you know you mentioned you watched Dennis right up there for you, but you know, did you have it on D, um, VHS when you were younger? Yeah, um, I know you're away, but uh, anyone listening, I'm a massive, massive Disney fan, and and was when I was very young. Like Disney was the main sort of go to films for for me and and my brother and sister. I think it's mainly because it's it reaches a broad audience, doesn't it? You, like everyone's got their own individual sort of preference, even when they're a kid. But I think for the most part, you can stick a Disney film on, and almost everyone is, if not entertained, willing to watch it for however long it's on for. So yeah, but the main I was gonna I was gonna say, even though we had Robin Hood, and I'm a fan of the film, I. I was initially more of a fan of the film than, I don't know, many others probably, because I saw it as like a companion piece to Jungle Book because a lot of the characters and animations and voice actors are used again in this film from Jungle Book. And Jungle Book is my favourite Disney film. Baloo is my favourite Disney character. And when I watch Robin Hood and I see Little John, I'm just I just feel like I'm watching Baloo again. Yeah, it's Phil Harrison, and yeah. um, he's got quite a distinctive voice, quite a distinctive sort of you know his mannerisms that come across in it. And okay, Baloo is um, I, I was going to sort of say what type of bear he is, but you know in this, well, Baloo is like a more blue bear. Let's put it that way, and um, Little John is is a brown bear in this, but you can still clearly see that they've used yeah. similar sort of cells or whatever, whatever the technical term is. I don't know. Look, and Disney was renowned for doing this. And there's been some conflicting stories about this, whether it's to save time and money, but other people have suggested people from Disney that they reuse some of those, um, pieces of or, or scenes or artwork or whatever simply because they knew it worked that was going to be my point if it's good why 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 care about it why does it matter like i i'm i'm aware that i'm not sure if it was criticism or not to what you're speaking that you know they were reusing scenes and cells and animations and stuff but if you're enjoying something like I don't care. It's like we haven't. I don't know if we've talked about this particular aspect to do with sequels. When when someone does a sequel and they do the same thing, is that a bad thing? Because no, the no. first time, because the first time, if it worked so well, why not do it again? Like I, I quite like in a sequel when they try something different, more for the reason that I admire the willingness to not just follow the same format but if the format worked the first time and is still enjoyable the second time then I'm not gonna you know disregard it or put anyone down for it and that I think I I know Robin Hood isn't a sequel to, to Jungle Book but because of the way they've reused uh, elements of Jungle Book I do see it as like a spiritual cousin 
if you want. Well, yeah, right. So I, I, I have got a note on this. So Floyd Norman, who is one of the Disney animators, he said the director decided to recycle some of the animation because, and this is the quote, he did it because he wanted to use stuff that he knew would work. And, and then the animator said, in reality, it's harder and takes longer to redraw an existing sequence. So really good example of this for anyone who's going to maybe watch the film after this podcast. Look at the dance sequence that goes with the phony King of England. They use um, sequences from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, um, which is the silly song. They use I Want to Be Like You from Jungle Book. And everyone wants to be a cat. Aristocats. Sorry, yeah. But I don't think it's an issue exactly for what you said. If it works, why not? But also, can you really tell? I could t- the only the only one I could really tell on was, and again this goes back to my fandom of Jungle Book was the animations they were using for the dance, uh, which they reused from I wanna I wanna be like you. Yeah. But uh, the other thing I was going to say is I, I think those if there were criticisms in the past about reusing element. I think it's been pro- it's been disproven because I think this film has actually grown in status over time, and also Baloo from Jungle Book is possibly top three Disney characters, top five maybe. I mean, it's one of the most beloved Disney characters. So why wouldn't you put that character in another film? It's um one th- one thing. In- I sort of thought about what, when you were when you were talking about the characters and the similarities and stuff like that. Is that I don't know if it's just me, but but you notice in the in the newer Disney films, like tip, typical example, Frozen for me, that the the main characters have these have these big round eyes, and I think it's I, I read somewhere that that you that people and kids primarily tend to tend to be drawn to these characters with with big eyes, Not you know, just kids, well. You know, um, yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, like if 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 you take if you take like Robin Hood for example, both both the both the fox characters, um, you know, Robin Hood and May Marion, they've both got big eyes as well. So you're drawn you're drawn to them instantly as well. You know, so it's... you know, Maid Marion was my first non-human crush. <laughs> <laughs> the, for... There's a weird statement to make, isn't it? Well, you're not you're not the only one because Eddie Eddie Redmayne has has exactly the same the, the same thing. Um, if um, when he was on the Graham Norton show, they have an interview and he and he says that that um, yeah, he, he was he was attracted to uh, to Maid Marion as a character. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Have you have you had weirder things? Uh, <laughs> All right, look, look, we're starting to touch on it, anyways. But let's go into some of the um, favorite aspects. Um, I'll go first if you don't mind, right? Um, I, I do think that there's there's quite a lot of characters in there. I think that you um, that they get a, quite a bit of screen time, but you know each of the characters I personally believe are well crafted. They're, they're relatively well believable, um, but ultimately for me, it's got to be sort of like yeah, the Phil Harris. Um, Sort of character, you know, he, play, he plays um, Little John in this. Again, it's just coming back to, to characters. And 
Prince John, I think, is is really good in it. Although he, towards the end, he, he does start getting on my nerves. The the one thing I do really like is there's two sets of duos in there. Yeah, and there's Prince John and Hiss, and Little John and Robin Hood. And well, you could argue, you could argue as well. You've got uh, Maid Marian. Yeah, and the maiden on her maiden on. I can't remember her name, but the the Lady Scottish Clark. yeah the Scottish chicken I think is hilarious at times, mm-hmm. especially when she's fighting. Um, and then you could also argue you got you know, you got the sheriff of Nottingham and um, Nazi and oh whatever. trigger trigger yeah. yeah. Um, so you know you, so you've got people playing off each other, which is mm. which is good and. And, and then the second part for me is is the music, and it's a Disney film. If if it didn't come away with a couple of songs that you were humming to afterwards, you know, probably Disney have done something wrong. But it comes from a time where Disney were doing songs very well, I think, in their films. And and also, I can think of two songs or ditties as they were from this film that I know you and certainly I will sing on occasion and only like a line or two yeah yeah. but you know straight away what it is where it's from as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 well look the 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 film starts and you've got um the rooster yeah bob dylan is in rooster form Uh, well well, yeah yeah (laughs) it's um i'm trying to think of the guy's name i've got written down somewhere um roger miller it's famous sort of um country and western isn't he or i think he's country and western he's nashville Anyway, um, and he plays yeah, Alan. Sing a song right there, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he plays Alan Adale, and he's quite got a distinctive voice, and he's telling the story because he's narrating it. And then you meet Robin Hood and Little John for the first time, and that song I love. You know, Robin Hood and Little John yeah. walking through the forest, brilliant. And then they change it and they put the tempo up, and that the second verse is them being chased as, as such. And you know, and straight away you just. The film starts and you've got a smile on your face because of it. It's noticeable that that the the intro of this film is is different from Disney films of, the, of that period. Because if you if you think that with with the older Disney films, it's just basically you, the title of the film comes on and you're straight in. Whereas whereas this one, it, it it actually goes through the characters and it tells you who's playing who's playing each and every one of them. I I, um, I noticed this right, yeah. and I hadn't noticed it previously. It's like an end credit yeah. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Which, which I, you know, yeah, yeah you're 100 right. It's very against yeah. form. Yeah, but the the voice the voice actors in particular were are, are really good. Obviously, you've mentioned like Phil Harris and the and you know there, but you got Peter Peter Ustinov who play who plays Prince John. Um, you know he was, you know he was quite a big actor at the time. Um, I remember another Disney film he was in was. Well, he played Poirot as well, didn't he? Yeah, um, he was in one of our dinosaurs is missing, which oh, which could be, there's uh, a cracking film, uh, which which could be uh, could be one for one for the future. Um, Terry Thomas, who played Sir Hiss, um, he was he was big for that. And um, on that note, Dev, sorry, really, no, really good touch that I love. Hiss has a gap between his teeth, just like Terry yeah. Thomas does, and yeah. some of those little touches in the film, you know, yeah. are really really good. Mm. And also, the, um, the one thing I didn't realize is that the the sheriff of Nottingham, who's played by um, Pat Butcher, I think his name is, um, he was actually in Back to the Future Three as one of as one of the um, as one of the old cowboys in in the saloon. Oh, where, right, um, okay. Yeah, he's where, got quite a distinctive voice, isn't he, Pat? Yeah, 
And um, so yeah. straight away, whenever he's doing like a voiceover in a film, you're like, oh, a TV series. You're like, oh, you, you, you picture the characters he's played in Disney. Yeah. yeah. I think what you're alluding to though, is one thing that Disney were very good at in their early productions and that's finding distinctive voice actors to play the roles. And when I say distinctive, yes, they all, you know, they're all different accents, sound different, different pitches and tone, but they're all very expressive as well when they're saying something. I know it sounds stupid to say it, but it's hard to it's hard to act when you've only got your voice to use. When you when you're in a live action film, you can be expressive in other ways, and perhaps you know how you say something might not matter as much. But when all you're doing is using your voice, you have to nail it with pitch and tone and, you know, little idiosyncrasies or idioms. Mm. And I think I think this film is great for that as well. I mean I my favourite element is the voice cast as you know, I think it's I think it's great. Pete Ustinoff is brilliant as Prince John. <laughs> Oh, he's brilliant. And I, I, there's part of his delivery for, of Prince John made me wonder whether Alan Rickman took some cues from it to play the Sheriff of Nottingham. Can yeah. I say something right now? Yeah. I don't know if this is true or not, and it's on me because I haven't looked into it. But Peter Ustinoff as Prince John says, Aha! several times in the film. <laughs> and I'm convinced... The Steve Coogan, that's where he's got it from for Alan Partridge. <laughs> Aha. It's, it's, Aha. Not, it's not the fact he says the word, it's how he says it. Yeah. Maybe we need to tweet him after this podcast goes out <laughs> and ask Steve Coogan, did he steal yeah. it from Peter Rusinov? I've got no doubt that he's done an interview somewhere where he's talked about the, you know, the genesis of him saying Aha and so on. But yeah. I'll be stunned if... Peter Ustinoff as Prince John in this film wasn't in some way influential. Uh, what about you as regards to fame? Uh, fame um, uh, well, there's a, there's a few I just made. Yeah. Just going through, going through my notes. Um, it's not to go too too deep on a Disney film, but it, it's it does touch upon some you know some some real life problems in, in terms of like. Um, you know the the political undertones of the of the film that you see the the poor are getting taxed beyond belief and they have to they have to pay for everything while the rich are t- rich are taking everything and then um you know you have there's a conversation with Robin and Little John where Little John says you know are, are we are we the bad guys because we're because we're robbing people you know so even though they're doing good there's still a there's still a bit of a moral conundrum there also it's it's quite good that they for groups of characters you you're almost having every every social group sort of you know included in the film so you've got you've got the the single mother with the with the three kids the the one like the one who gives uh robin is um oh sorry who who robin gives his hat to because it's his birthday yeah so so you've got them you've got the you've got the dog who's who's like a you know you you class him as an old age pensioner but he's you know he's He's got a disability for you know. Well, I'm, 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 I'm going to ask you about that later. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm blacksmith. who has got a broken yeah. leg. Yeah, that's is that. Yeah, the the dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, but then obviously you got the you got Fry, Friar Tuck, 
um, you know, man of the people and all that. And it's it's quite good how you how you know it sort of touches upon different different social groups and their and their views of the time. Um, can, can I jump on that bandwagon for a moment? Yeah. Only because Friar Tech was originally going to be a pig, but they changed okay. it to a badger. Yeah, badger. Yeah, it's badger to avoid insulting um, religious sens- sensitivities or sensibilities. Okay. Um, I also, mean, the sheriff of Nottingham was going to be a goat, but they changed it to a wolf because he was seen as more villainous. Yeah, and cunning, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to I mean, to be honest, what I've just said may be complete bollocks, and I'm just going too I'm just going too deep for a for a Disney film. But um, oh no, I don't think so, ever, <laughs> Because there's plenty of Disney films, I think. Do do that. Um, yeah. they they go quite deep, but they do it quite subtly, and and then I think it's that it's that whole sort of trying to reach out to all audiences, and I think mm. uh, you know to a certain degree, then it, or, adults can get on that bandwagon. I, I'll I'll offer a different perspective, only in terms of I think those themes are inherent within a Robin Hood story, so. I, I'm not sure if they're deliberate on Disney's part, or, mm. or whether you know, because I, because I think they're always going to be in a Robin Hood film yeah, yeah, or yeah. novel or whatever. But you know, that's not to say that they're not in there. No, it's it's sort of goes into like one of my favorite scenes is is the um the scene with the song. Oh, is it is it not in Nottingham? Ah, but, but, yeah, the best part of the film. Yeah, I'll jump on it in a bit. But yeah, what a, what a song! And I know. What, a, what a passage of. of yeah. um, but, it, but like, but the song in particular, like, it just it's it tells the desperation that the townspeople are in, just because like this 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 tyrant is taxing taxing the shit out of everyone. That's your favorite scene, then. Yeah, I think that one plus the plus the end. I think there's, I think the the way they the way they do the 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 robbery of the. Of the gold out the castle and all the you know the that's that's my favorite scene the ending when they, when they say saving all the uh, prisoners but they're also uh, looting the palace as well or looting the the, the prince of his gold it was always like a, a a common theme in Disney films where like fire spelt the end of something it was mm. almost like oh the fire comes on oh that's you know it's the big dramatic ending and all that um, yeah but but in this film. I certainly like. I think the peril of Robin in that fiery tower at the end. I think it's better executed than it than it is in mo- a lot of other Disney films. Hmm. I think I, I'm not sure whether that's to do with the score. I think the score is very very good at that point of the film. Uh, maybe it's just that that emphasizes it emphasizes it more. But I I certainly felt. I mean. I, I, you know what's going to happen. Nothing bad is happening to a Disney character at the end of a film. We all know it's in the first third where Disney characters, you know, you can't trust them. But at the end of the film, you know nothing bad's going to happen. But that doesn't mean that you, you don't understand the sense of peril that they're, they're experiencing at that moment. Mm. And I certainly got that from this film with Robin in the, in the tower. I've got two points on this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the, the, if if this was a true story, um, 
basically, Robin, if he'd been less greedy and not tried to steal everything, they wouldn't have woken Hiss and they, they wouldn't have been that peril. Yeah. But hey, it's a film. I, I get that. Um, and also, there isn't, there is, or there was an alternate ending planned where, mm. so near the end of the movie, Robin was struck and injured by an arrow. When um, so, and then he was taken, I think, to the safety of either the forest or the church. Prince John finds out where he's hiding um, and plan to kill both him and Maid Marian. But um, King Richard comes back at that very moment in time and stops it all. And, and then it would, would have panned to the end scene where Prince John was. Um, you know, at the rock pile, as you see it at the end. Mm. But yeah, anyway, they, they chose to drop that. I think partly because of the injury that was supposedly going to be sustained by Robin. And then also that this, you know, that he was going to kill both Robin and Marion. Yeah, I mean, you've also got a, an issue there with what, what you might refer to as a double climax. I know those are quite good for a lot of people, but um, in ter- in terms of films... You've hit a high point or an emotional high with the robbery and escape of the prisoners. Can you get to that high point again with what's coming after, what what was proposed to come after? So I'm wondering whether that's a reason why they cut it. We we don't know what's going on with the production of this. I mean, with all the rumours that have come out, they might have cut that because they couldn't afford to draw it all. Well, well, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I'll, I'll come on to that end in, in a moment, right? But I want to go back to my favourite scene, and it's the not in Nottingham scene. Yeah, it, it's the bit where Alan Adale, the, the rooster, is again narrating the, the middle part of the story, let's put it that way. Um, everyone's in the jail. The, the organ is playing in the background. The, um, the song is being played. The church bells are ringing. I, I just think that the tone of that scene is brilliant. It's, it's sad and it's somber. You you see everyone in the jail, as Evan has said, and then you pan to the church and it's Friar Tuck talking to the the, the two little mice. Um, and I, I don't know what what else it is about it, but it just you know as a scene it does just touch me, and I, I just mm. think it's. It's very different to the rest of it. It's a shift in tone, like I said, but I think they do it very well. And then it's you the all is lost moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and you, and you get the vulnerability of the characters as well, especially when the sheriff of Nottingham comes in, takes, or no, the, actually the first part is the the female mouse gives this massive coin to Freytag, which is like the size of her. He puts it in the poor box, and then um, the sheriff of Nottingham comes along and takes it. And I got a question about that. Yeah, go on. Fry attack. He's got no problem taking out one coin off a poor couple of mice, is he? It's for the church. For the yeah, church. Well, yeah, the church got to have money. You know everyone else. Well, I, I read it. That's, that's the box for the poor and not for the church. Yeah, Fry attack doing the Lord's work, isn't he? Um, I do love the way he fights with his belly. Yeah, that's good. I, uh... I, I was just being cynical there. Come on. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's my um, favourite scene. But I'll come to one of my changes now. 
Mm-hmm. And it touches on what you just spoke about, the end. I find the end, and I get what you mean about a climax, I find the end quite strange. He he escapes. They all think he's dead or drowned or whatever. He then is alive. This is Robin now. And then all of a sudden, narration comes on. Um, and he more or less says, oh, yeah, King Richard came back. He um, he jailed his brother. Um, and then everything's okay again. Still <laughs> men's. I don't find that as jarring as you do, only because I kind of thought they did that before in the film. You know, the not in Nottingham sequence that you really, that you, th- you said was the best part of the film. You could argue that's the same as the end sequence. Well, yeah, basically, it's a very, I, I get what you're saying. The, the shift is very quick into yeah. a, a different tone or a different uh, message or whatever. I, I, I'd never noticed it before until I watched it this time and was actively looking for bits of the films and how it flowed and things. Um, and it doesn't bother me, I, I, mm. I will admit, but it's just something that I, I picked up on this point that all of a sudden, bang, film ends. I like, get it. Yeah. E- even if you saw sort of like, I don't know, uh, no, at the end of Prince of Thieves, you see Richard the Lionheart coming. He, he's like, um, he's riding back with his men or what have you. I, I, in my head, I thought that something like that happened, but obviously it didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably why they explored the option of having that additional scene at the end where Prince John tracks down Robin and Marion and he's going to kill them both. And then that's where yeah. King Richard comes in. And obviously, that, I mean, what you're looking at there is, I've obviously said about the negative impact of the double, double climax in a film, but the positive element is you you perhaps get a neater bow wrapped up for the conclusion of the film. Because King jo- King Richard enters frame is, quote-unquote, the saviour, as it were. There's a more natural conclusion. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, you don't want him to be the saviour. No. You, you, that's about Robin. But not much happens in this film, if you think about it. Right? You meet Robin and little John. They steal some money from Prince John. Prince John um, has an archery competition to try and cl- um, catch them. Um, he taxes everyone. There's a, there's a robbery and a getaway, the end. That's more or less four parts to the film, right? The, uh, so the film flies through with not much happening in it, but I think the, what it does, it, it does hold your attention well. Um, a couple of other points, which they're not necessarily changes, but things that I picked up on. There's a couple of continuity errors. Um, there's one where they reuse the same scene of soldiers marching right after each other. And it's really clear. Um, it's right at the beginning of the archery competition. Also, yeah. there's a continuity error. And bear in mind, now, this is a bloody cartoon, not some live action you can't shoot again. Um, little John, when he's dressed as, I can't remember his name, he's like the Earl of Chutney or something like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's dressed up as that guy. They have a massive fight. PJ. He, turns, he, he, yeah. he turns back into his little John outfit. And then when they run into the forest, he sort of runs back out and goes, Rawr! 
and he's wearing the Earl of Chutney's um, outfit again. It's Duke of Chutney. Duke of Chutney. <laughs> Earl of Chutney sounds quite good, doesn't it? Um, but anyway, I, I can I can forgive all of that. Yeah. I, I love the Duke of Chutney. He's brilliant. PJ. <laughs> PJ, aha! <laughs> Come on, then, Ev. Give us a change or anything that you um, don't particularly like with the film. Oh, can't. That's can't right. give you anything. No, it's um, yeah, it's it's not the perfect film, but I think as you know, it, it it is what it is. It's it's enjoyable, and I yeah, I, I there's not there's nothing I would change as such, but I I have got a couple of questions. Number one. When Marion runs off with Robin after the archery competition, I, I'm taking it she's living in the woods now. Hmm. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're outlaws, aren't they? Especially yeah. the, um, the the chicken. Yeah, Lady Clark. So she's yeah. there as well then. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I think there's a comedy between Lady Clark and uh, Little John in uh, having to live together, but they, they don't get on. Oh, they're, they're secretly... In love with each other. Oh, yeah. I, I took that from a very secret, young secret, secret lovers there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, because I, I thought little job was just putting on a front. No, he loves the fact that she's like can give as much as he can. Yeah. Oh, she, she, she's great as a female character. She's brilliant. <laughs> when she's handing off all those uh, rhinos <laughs> on the charge. I, I love it when it changes the view and they're sort of like behind her. And it's like yeah, some sort of like American football match, handing yeah. off. <laughs> brilliant. You said you had a couple of questions anymore. Otto, the blacksmith. Is that his name? I didn't even know his name. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon our legs are sham? <laughs> he takes it off at the end of the day. Yeah, it's just to stop him paying taxes. That's what I thought, because when he's in the uh, when they're all having the party in the woods, he's uh, he's having a proper jig, isn't he? With uh <laughs> made my he's not worried about that foot anymore. So what are, you trying, what are you trying to say? He's trying to claim benefits or something by... Uh, by no, I think it's what Andrew's saying. I think he's trying to con the sheriff out of paying yeah. taxes because he's got a, quote-unquote, uh-huh. bad leg. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does He does hide the, hide the gold down the plaster, doesn't he? Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Uh, the other one I had as well was just... It's what I said about Fry Attack. I'm uh, I'm not convinced of his um, intentions through the film. Wow. I know I know we get the early scene of him giving the coin to the blacksmith to Otto, mm. but after that, all I ever see is him taking money or holding money very dearly to him. He saves the saves the other people right at the end, doesn't he? When when one of the um, one of the soldiers is gonna is gonna swing his axe down and he gets the wheelbarrow. They're carrying money, Ev. Uh, they had bags See? of money. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I I've got one scene right, and I don't want to change it. I don't want to take it out of the film. I just don't like it, and it's it might come as a bit of a surprise. Le- the love scene, you know, when they're in the woods, and I think it's because as a kid. As like um, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, eight year old boy, and probably was disgusted by anything to do with love. Um, it just never, I never warmed to that scene, and it's a surprise because love, the song, was nominated for an Academy Award in nineteen seventy four, but right. it, it 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 lost out. Did you did you find the actual love story? Extremely, and I mean extremely old-fashioned. Now, 
the fact that they knew each other as children, yet yeah. they were in love with each other, they never kissed. You got to remember, they were innocent times, and people. No, no, I can... no, I, I understand that. <laughs> I completely understand. I know what you mean. Back then, it was a different time. But, but like uh... she, she went away for years and years. Neither of them found anyone else. Mm. Plus, I didn't see any other foxes in that film. No. I don't want to take it out, and I don't want to change it. It's just a scene which, for me, I don't particularly like. You could argue that you have to have it in there. Otherwise, how was everyone back at the woods before them for the party? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. It needs to be in there, definitely. All right, let's um, think about wrapping this up. Ev, would you recommend? Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. <laughs> Oh, I, I would. I think it's as the as as Disney films go. I think it, it's it's one of it's one of the better ones. I think it, for the for the the old style of style of cartoons and um, yeah, very enjoyable. Typical typical Sunday Sunday afternoon. If it's raining outside, put it on. Yeah, whenever I think of Disney films, I always think about watching them over the Christmas period, or, mm. or definitely like school holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Frog, yeah, I, I'd recommend it, mate. Yeah, I and I would recommend it, obviously for children. It's a children's film, but I do think there's a lot in there for adults. There's uh, like my kind of humour, this subtlety, this subtle humour, or uh, little bits of dialogue that I really enjoy, ad libs and such that I think they probably did while they were recording. Yeah, I. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it yesterday when I watched it, and I, I'm exactly the same, right? I I can't. I would recommend, and I can't wait until my little ones are old enough to sit through a you know a feature film. Um, and it would probably be one of the first ones that that I w- would want to watch with them. So you know, I can't wait. But like you, I love the little touches of this film. It has. I, I mentioned it already. Little touches like. You know the gap within um, Hiss's teeth, um, little things like that that just connect the voice actor with that character. I think is brilliant. So um, I think we should wrap it up there and leave on a high. It's a yeah. three yeses. Go out and watch it if you've never seen um, Rock Disney's Robin Hood. Uh, one, where have you been? But also, you know, make sure you go out and watch it. Actually, Prog's got a final point. I've got a question for you. Is is this the best Robin Hood film? No. Oh, I, lo- I, don't, I love it, right? But I love Prince of Thieves. Oh. <laughs> I, I could have gone men in tights. <laughs> but Prince of Thieves is another one that I have a very, very strong connection with. Um, and no doubt we'll do it in the future. Um, so I'll you know, tell you my memories of it. But right. I, there's two po- points to this. If I had a choice on a Sunday afternoon to watch a film... And I only had, you know, I was short on time. I put Disney's Robin Hood on every time. Right. But if I wanted to really sit down and enjoy every aspect of a film and really, you know, immerse myself into it, it would be Prince of Thieves. Right. Okay. Fair enough. What about you? You answer it. Uh, I'd be hard pushed, actually, to pick which one I think is the better film. You'd go with Russell Crowe, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't mind that film, but it's it's not it's it's not the same as uh, the the main two that we're discussing now. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm going to I'm going to say I haven't watched any of the 1930s or 40s Robin Hood films right now. I haven't seen any of them. So the ones with Errol Flynn. So I can't I can't comment on them. But I'd be hard pushed to pick between Prince of Thieves and Disney's Robin Hood. The only thing I will say is I have one massive issue with Prince of Thieves, and it's nothing to do with the accents. But I'm going to leave that until we do the podcast. <laughs> leave, leave it out there. <laughs> Ev, you answer that question. I'd probably prefer prefer Prince of Thieves just for Alan Rickman because because I, I think it's that that he he makes that film without 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 him the film is nothing. Whoa 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 whoa! <laughs> Hang on, nothing. No. nothing. I I love Alan Rickman probably more than the next man, but the film wouldn't be nothing without him. You've still got Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman. Kevin and... Costner, I would watch. The day. Painted Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are right. Alan Rickman is immense in that film. Yeah. We're not doing that film right now. So. <laughs> anyway, we're wrapping up there. Podcasts come out every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Check out our YouTube channel. And if you want to see us do a film in the future, well, just let us know. Okay, cheers all. Oodlally!